word teach. I don't consider myself a teacher. I, I share, but uh, teaching's a little intimidating. I was intimidated this Sunday speaking in Alex Zaccarelli's class, and my topic was the avoidability of evil. Go with that one, huh? Um, so anyway, we're closing out Ephesians. You felt an anticipation coming in. I know, I know you did. Uh, because you want to finish strong, right? Sure. So Ephesians 6, 18 through 24. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. We'll come back to that. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the staff that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an, I'm an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, but that you also may know my circumstances, how I am doing Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord will make everything known to you. I have sent him to you for this very purpose so that you may know about us and that he may comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father, the Lord, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. You know, last week we talked about the armor of God. And we ended up saying, stand firm. I would always kind of question that, stand firm. I said, wait a second, that sounds passive to me. It doesn't sound active. But stand firm, therefore, having girded your mind with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you'll be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one. This is all preparation. And then it says, and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You know, I think of the sword of the Spirit, and I think of Star Wars, and I think of lasers and sabers and back and forth. And I think of, that was an impersonation, by the way, that was... Uh, but the sword is active, is it not? I mean, you think of the Roman soldier, and you think of the armor that he had was all in preparation for his use of the sword, and the sword was a short sword, and he moved it back and forth. You know, I don't understand wars and Obi-Wan Kenobi and all those kind of guys teaching saber drills and how you move that sword back and forth to keep you safe, but at the same time use it as an offensive weapon. But anyway, I thought of Star Wars. And I thought about, so what does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Have you thought about that? Is it something mystical? Is it something God-given? Is it something that you learn from a mentor, you learn from those 
who know something about lightsabers that you don't know? Is it, what is it to pray in the Spirit? And I did some thinking about that. And it's about prayer, for sure. But it's about Christ. Christ and the Holy Spirit. Are Christ and the Holy Spirit related? Let's go back in Scripture, John 14, 26. Jesus is speaking, and he says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Whoa. So if you pray in the Spirit, it's all about Christ. So how does, what does that look like? When you come to a red light and your mind wanders, and occasionally, as the Lord takes mine, brings you to prayer, how do you pray in the Spirit? How do you pray in a way that recognizes the fact that Christ described the Holy Spirit as one who would bring all things that he said to remembrance? Prayer is focused. You know, say, Lord, I'm stuck at this light. I don't know quite what to say, but I want to lift your name up because of the privilege I have for the fact that I've declared you my Savior and you died for me. That's a good start. That's a good start. And I remember. Well, what do you remember? I remember how you loved me, how you cared for me, how you were concerned and taught me. As a matter of fact, I'm going to count on you to cause me to remember in detail what you told your disciples. It's calling on Christ and remembering his sacrifices we pray. You know, one of the things I think that I don't do enough of is I don't focus on the fact that Christ died for my sins. You know, sometimes I think I just move right through that and into what I want him to do for me that day. Maybe I pray for others. But it's more moving through than staying on the fact that Christ died for me. What it cost him is incredible. You know, back in Deuteronomy, he says, you know, the worst form of death is crucifixion. He chose it. He chose it. For who? For me. <laughs> That's unbelievable. So maybe there's more to praying in the spirit than just something mystical, something Star Wars-like. And it's exercising the privilege of entering his presence because of what he has done for us. And so we're in the mode now. The light's long and we're praying, and we're praying in the right way, but there's more to pray. You pray in the Spirit, and as you what God wants us to do across the board, did he begin his journey with us when we accepted him and brought him into our life with a view, well, that's done, press on, move on to the next challenge. It's getting to know God, and it's continuous. It moves beyond the light. I mean, you can continue to pray after the light changes and it's green and you're back in the flow of traffic. Flow of traffic? 
It's about praise and thanksgiving. And it is about others. Paul says in Ephesians that we're to pray with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Do you pray for others? Does your prayer move you from praise and thanksgiving, adoration, remembrance of who the Lord is and what he did for you into a prayer for others? Or does it move into a prayer for me? Um, Paul says, interestingly, he says it after he's just finished talking to us about preparing to battle. He says, pray with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. So who are all the saints? Well, I know that I'm married to my sweet wife almost 50 years, and she's certainly a saint. Amen. Yeah, can I hear it twice? <laughs> yeah. And I ought to be praying for her continually. How about my kids and my grandkids? You know, isn't it something that the Lord, when he really wants to grab our attention, does it through our wives and through our kids? Why is that? Because we're closest to them, maybe? Because they're always with us, maybe? Maybe because in his blessing of giving us a wife and a family and kids and grandkids, he wants to use them to draw us closer to him? Perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, so anyway, I, I think I'd, I'm lining out a, a model here for praying at a stoplight and beyond. And I would encourage you to, to think about praying in the Spirit. But you can't leave praying in the Spirit without recognizing the fact that Paul says, and pray for me. So here's Paul, giant in the faith, one who you would think would be beyond need for prayer. And if he had a need for prayer, that he would keep it to himself and exercise his right and privilege as one of God's servants, one of God's great servants. But here's Paul asking that you and I pray for him. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that almost astounding that one so steeped in a relationship with the risen Christ would ask for prayer? And yet he's in chains. And you'd think that his prayer would be First and foremost, Lord, get rid of these chains. I mean, I don't know what it would be like. I mean, Paul wasn't a soldier, but yet he was chained to one 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. That had to get a little old. He would arguably want relief from that, but that's not what he prayed. 
What did he pray for? Well, the same thing you and I would pray for if we were chained. Lord, give me strength and power to share your word with others. And that might be principally the one to whom I am chained. Say, wow, (laughs) that's pretty incredible. Is that praying in the Spirit? You betcha. Did Paul move to an area in his relationship with the Lord that caused him to do that that's beyond my comprehension? Yes, it is. Because I would be first praying that I would be released from these chains, that my own needs would be taken care of first before I took care of the needs for others, and certainly before I shared the gospel with power and with strength. So, praying in the Spirit is something that I want us to think about and I want us to discuss at our group table. But let's move on. He's going to send Tychicus. He can't, Paul's still chained. But he's going to send Tychicus to, uh, to talk to the church in Ephesians. Now, do you like to do things face-to-face? As, I mean, how many are Facebook advocates in this room. How many think that you can communicate by texting only? How many are more comfortable getting face-to-face with somebody and watching a countenance, hearing inflection and words and tones and seeing movement and and, uh, appreciation for what you're saying and just a nod that maybe you're getting through in what you're saying. Paul knew that. So he sent Tychicus to talk to the church. And every church needs, and I know we do this on Sunday morning because I see evidence of it when I greet, every church needs prayer correspondence and visits. They need face-to-face. How are you doing in that regard? Are you good face-to-face? Or would you rather send a text? Emails out of date. But a text and how about a tweet? Yeah, a tweet's good, right? You can reach millions and tweet and not be responsible, but that's another story. <laughs> but he sends Tychicus. And he sends him with the view that prayer, correspondence, and visits are good for the church. But what's the end? of Tychicus' visit, he's there to comfort your hearts. Comfort your hearts. Are you one who comforts hearts? Or do you stir them up? Do you walk away from problems and issues? Tychicus is sent to comfort hearts. Call for us. So maybe in are praying in the spirit, we move in the direction of activity and action. And activity and action can be manifest in how you behave in the church. And ultimately, are you one who comforts hearts? So, we're ending Ephesians. Remember, what, what was the theme of Ephesians? Anybody? 
That's smart, huh? That's capable. It's about the church, remember? It's about the church. And it's about bringing together, remember Jews and Gentiles didn't get along? And now Jews and Gentiles through Christ and in Christ are members of the same body. And Paul is working on that theme throughout Ephesians. And he's calling on Jews and Gentiles to get together in Christ, in Christ and through Christ, our Savior and Lord, towards unity. Unity is a great goal, is it not? Sure it is. You want to have unity in your marriage? You want to have unity in your family, extended family? I don't know how many have it. I don't. Extended family is still an issue for me. It's kind of tough as you grow older and you, you're the de facto patriarch of your family. And when problems and issues come along, they turn to you and you say, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> but Paul at the end of Ephesians talks about peace and grace. We can talk about peace and grace for a long time. We experience both, do we not? He began Ephesians with, to the saints who are at Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace is something given to the Gentiles, we think. And peace is something that the Jews always talk about. So there's a combining factor there in terms of grace and peace. Right from the get-go. But it's grace and peace not in and of themselves, but grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So you're never going to experience grace and peace without the Lord Jesus Christ being intimately involved in the process. And he ends with, Peace be to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a theme again. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. And I say so. Why the order change? Why we talk about peace first? Because peace was what we had before Christ. Now we have in Christ. But we all have grace. We all have grace. And it's with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. So, peace covered by love and faith from our Lord Jesus Christ and grace from our Lord Jesus Christ. You catch the theme here? It's grace and peace in Christ Jesus. So, discussion questions. I want you to pursue the, how do we pray in the Spirit? Talk about that. How do you pray in the Spirit? Do you find it amazing that Paul asked for prayer for himself? And that he asked for increased boldness and freedom to share Christ rather than freedom from his chains. And I ask again, are we more ready to ask that the Lord would lift some burden from our plate and take away some burden than we have as opposed to praying that we might be 
bolder representatives and bolder in our proclamation of who Christ is in our life and what he ought to be in others. So we finished Ephesians. So how would you summarize the letter? And you want to remember that Paul was writing to new Christians. There were no old Christians then. <laughs> they were new Christians. Um, so, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Let me pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, that you arm us, you equip us to, to, to be able to stand fast and that you talk about the sword that we are to carry and the sword is a sword of the Spirit. And then you move right in, and contextually speaking, you move right in to say, and we're to pray in the Spirit. And Father, we want to investigate that today. We want to take a look at what it means to pray in the Spirit, and we want to take a closer look at prayer and how we go about doing it and what it looks like in our life. Father, we thank you for the book of Ephesians. We thank you, Lord, for the theme of your church, your church and how we might as Gentiles who have come to Christ be faithful members of it, and how we might strive for unity, how we might be like Tychicus, and how we might uh, be a comfort to those about us and around us as we share Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.